Philippians chapter number 4, verse 15. And now ye Philippians know also in the beginning of the gospel. Amen. When I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. Now listen, here's the thing about this giving and receiving thing. You know why I said no church communicated with them? Have any idea? Communicated. It means they participated. They they up and they stuck something in his hand. They stuck something in his pocket. Why'd they do that? Huh? Why'd no church do that? Because most people, Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 has got the answer. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter number 7. He said in verse 11, Wisdom is good with an inheritance. Amen. You come into a lot of money, you better have some wisdom or you won't have it. Right? Amen? Amen. And by it there is profit to them that see the sun. For wisdom is a defense and money is a defense. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. Consider the work of God. <laughs> right? For who can make who can make that straight which he hath made crooked? But there's a question right there. Consider the work of God. The average person will never consider what it takes to operate the work of God. They believe that if God calls you, then God will take care of you. It's His responsibility, and my wallet will stay shut. Uh, don't ask me for my car. Don't ask to stay in my house as a motel. Don't ask to come to my house and eat off of my table. Amen. The average Christian does not want to participate, amen, in funding the work of God. They don't even want to consider what it takes. You see, how do you know? Because they don't want missions conferences. They don't want somebody to come in and preach about money and what it's going to take unless it's an investment in their 401ks or it's an investment in their uh, retirement program that's going to make them rich. How can you make me rich today? Listen, Seth Dollar, why is he running across the stage and a platform with all that money on that stage? Because he's preaching health and wealth and prosperity gospel. And he said, if you'll give to the church, God will prosper you and bless you tenfold, hundredfold, whatever. And they're throwing their money. I mean, they're running down throwing their money. Amen. And uh, when they're throwing their money, he's dancing all over it and praying and asking God to bless it as he's stomping all over their money. And then he asked him for $67 million to buy him a jet. Hello. Listen, those crazy manics, mania, maniacs, amen, that's what we call charismatic, uh, they, they believe in health and, health and wealth and prosperity. Listen, when the promise keepers came around, I know a Baptist preacher went to a promise keeper meeting, and they had Kentucky Fried Chickens buckets with money overflowing in it. And he said it wasn't ones and fives. It was 20s, 50s, and 100s. Those men were just, those businessmen, people just chunking bucks towards that false stuff. You understand what I'm saying? Those guys are preaching that God blesses those that will give, and they believe it. Ronnie Trent said this years ago about the Pentecostals have been telling their kids how to get good money and make good money and give and God a bless and give and God a bless. And then they set out to train their, send their kids to college to make money and give to the work of God where Baptists are trying to tell their kids not to give and, then, and they're not doing nothing for the work of God. Man, I thought I'd get people swinging from chandelier on that one. Amen. Well, I tell you what, listen. Uh, people don't want to preach on giving. Brother Eastep, I appreciate him that he wasn't afraid to preach on giving. Amen. And he practiced what he preached. And uh, he had a group of people, amen, that would give and back him and support him for a long, long, long time. Amen. And he did a work. Danny Farley's got people that's behind him. There's a bunch of great preachers. Sammy Allen. Sammy Allen down there, I, I haven't been in one of his meetings, but I heard that Jack Schuler stood up on the stage for two and a half hours while Sammy Allen took an offering. He said, I want the Schuler family to come up here and sing. And while they sang, we'll take up an offering. And they stood there for two and a half hours while they took up an offering. 
I, I heard I heard about Myrtle, Mississippi, with Percy Ray that there was offerings down there. The money, I, mean, I guess they were they were long, 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 long invitations, and people giving away cars, and people buying them back, and people giving away wedding rings, and people buying them back, and and all kinds of things. I don't know. I wasn't in none of that stuff. I've just heard about it. But uh, I've been in some of those meetings where it took 45 minutes for them to try to raise two grand, and they got to where they was running little kids around with buckets trying to get pennies. And he only got 1750 bucks pulling their teeth. Uh, man, I tell you, there's a bunch of people who go to, go to the meetings. They don't want to participate. They come to get everything free they can get free, but they don't want to participate and they don't want to help. I was in a tent meeting in Arkansas, and Brother Trent's trying to take up an offer and trying to get the windows of heaven open. And uh, that thing's just as tight, as tight, as tight can be. And there's a woman sitting back there, and, and uh, she wrote out a check, and and uh, she called Brother Ronnie back, and Brother Ronnie came and got a check. He goes, ma'am, you mind if I say anything? He goes, no. He goes, she says, you just gave $500 check. And I'm telling you, the windows of heaven opened up. And, man, man, the offering, the money just started coming, and the thing just started happening. And, man, for a couple hours that night, God got in that place, and, I mean, it was thick. So what happened? Somebody opened up. And somebody gave, and, and God blessed. I, I've seen a lot of meetings where they'd get in and they'd give, and God would bless. Listen, uh, there's a bunch of preachers trying to have meetings. Maybe God ain't in and they ain't raising the money. But uh, I, I've seen God do some great things. But people don't consider the expense of the word of the the work of God. And uh, like I said, on this envelope right here, people put in what we call tithes. It costs current expenses. People don't have no idea what it costs to run a building, pay the bills, pay the lights, keep it out there. You know how much it's going to cost out there if we was to put the blacktop out? I'm not talking about asphalt. I'm talking about putting that black stuff right out there on that parking lot. It's quite a bit of money. Just call, I mean, it's just we're just talking current expenses. Amen. Just to keep things going. That's not counting building maintenance. It costs a lot. Amen. And... Uh, that, the, the insurances and things like that. There's a lot of things that, that come in. And we're just talking about a little tiny work right here. There's some churches out there, it, it costs a lot monthly expenses. I think you were telling me there's one that's $14,000 a month in, in current expenses, and they're running about 1400 a month in income. You know what that's doing? It's killing that church. And he says all that preacher does is preach on money. Well, man, well I don't understand why he's got a burden if he can't make payroll. You got to fire people that's on the payroll. Amen. <laughs> payroll costs a lot. Who's on your payroll? There's churches now that are out putting out ads to hire piano players because they can't get people to willing to come in and play. I don't know how that works. I mean, if God ain't on that thing, what good is it to have a piano player if God ain't on it? Right? Amen. But I'm just saying, there's, there's preachers just putting ads out there for Sunday school churches, teachers, nursery workers. I know churches that take on daycare and turn part of their church into daycare just so they can raise money. My wife knows of a church, and it's a black church on the other side of town. Can't get them to tithe, but they got to have a, a, a special dinner to bring everybody in and charge for dinner so they can wind up getting a gift for the pastor. They just uh, People just don't want to pay and just don't want to give. And uh, it's commanded in God's word for us to give. And I believe that, that, that the main part of your tithes and everything takes care of the work of God. I mean, like I said, when you call a preacher in here, uh, Brother Dax, I can call him in here. He could probably stay at his mom's house or his brother's house. And, okay, it won't cost the church rent. It won't cost him a motel bill down here. If I had put up Kendrick, if I had to put Jason Kendrick up here for seven days, at 100 plus a night, that's 700 some dollars a night. Just put them up there. And then feed, feed a family eight. Feed them twice a day. You're, you're, you're talking a good chunk of money. That ain't even paying his expenses to get here. Amen? So why haven't we had Kendricks in for revival? Well, we probably need a minimum 2,500 bucks just to get the thing rolling. Have you seen that kind of money lately? <laughs> Amen? Amen. Say, so, well, what about some local preachers? Yeah, we can do that. But who's going to beat the bushes and bring the sinners? See, i got to work 50-plus hours a week to try to just make bills at my house and here and pray that God will bless that box. You say, what are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about current expenses and considering the work of God. You know what? Men's tithes and gifts to the church, you can call it a present, you can call it whatever you want to call it. Amen. has got to fund the current expenses of the building before you even talk about even a pastor. Amen. And before we should be supporting missionaries, we should be supporting a pastor. Amen. There's a lot of churches that want to support a bunch of missionaries and do all that other stuff, but they care less if their pastor's got anything. 
And then there's a bunch of people that they want to eat and feed here, but then they want to go send their money somewhere else and support missionaries and other people, and they don't want to take care of their own pastor. But they like the benefits of the church, but they don't want to pay the bill. They want to eat at Red Lobster and then go pay Olive Garden. Well, that don't work, does it? Huh? Amen. And then they got a black waiter, but they see a real sharp-looking chick over here, and they like her, and so they'll give him a buck, and they'll go slip her a 20. Well, she ain't the one waited on you. Yeah, but she looks good. You understand what I'm saying? That, that kind of stuff happens all the time. Amen. I'm just telling you, men are crooked. And uh, they don't want to support their work. Listen, if people don't want to support the work to build the church they're sitting in, go to where you want to put your money. If you don't like McDonald's, don't go there and eat. Amen. <laughs> right? Amen. But you can tell, I can tell there's a lot of people, either this, these preachers out here are getting good loans and they're building tremendous works or there's people in love with the, the watered-down doctrines and teachings that they're getting and they're building these preachers some beautiful facilities, putting them up in some nice parsonages, giving them some nice houses, and they don't seem to have a bit of problem. If I wanted to compromise, I can go to Southern Baptist Church and I can get a good job, get a brick ranch. I can probably get a good salary. But I'd have to compromise my convictions of what I believe and not be an independent Baptist. I'd rather work a job being an independent Baptist than be a compromiser and go work for the Southern Baptist. Yeah, man. So listen, sometimes convictions will cost you. And I'm not complaining. I'm just trying to paint a picture of reality. Amen. Amen. There's a lot of preachers afraid to preach a picture of reality. But I ain't worried about running too many people off. I ain't got too many people to run off. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> right? Amen. Listen, listen, let's keep it real, preacher. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Amen. So she don't run fast. Amen. So she might as well stay and enjoy, right? Amen. Listen, I mean, you talk about uh, things that preachers got to do to take care of. Man, I know preachers that's got sick wives and sick children that they're traveling around the country trying to get back and forth, and they got to spend two, three, four hundred dollars in traveling expenses. They got to get their suits cleaned, their clothes cleaned. They wear out suits. They got to get things. You know what? By the time they go home and they only got a hundred bucks to, to, to give to their wife for what? Doctor's bills, medical bills, insurance, amen, rent, all that. <sighs> amen. They, 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 don't, they don't go home very much, especially when they go to camp meetings. Unless you're the big top, top dog, and I've never been the big, big top dog in any camp meeting. Uh, I'll tell you what. I know some of them boys, they get their expenses paid. And I know some of them preachers. Listen, I was at a camp meeting out in uh, Arkansas. And they had a big, big preacher from Oklahoma come in and preach. And that big preacher came in and he preached and did a wonderful job. Me and another young evangelist sitting over there. And he told Brother Graham, he said, take my offering. He said, split it between those two evangelists. Amen. He gave up his offering to split between us to be able to help us out. Amen. I thank God for that man of God willing to do that. He said, I got a salary. I'm comfortable. Church paid my expenses up here. Amen. I appreciate that kind of stuff. You know, man of God sitting there going, hey, it ain't about me just getting money. You know, there's some young men out here that's got to touch of God on them, need something. Just put it in them. Help them. Encourage them. Amen. I appreciate that. And then I've seen, I've seen meetings go. I've seen where preachers hardly get anything. They get 100 or 200 bucks. And uh, they turn around. They do that. And then uh, they'll invite somebody up to sing. And the congregation will turn around and spark an offering. They'll start throwing money at the altar while the guy's singing. He might make 700 to $1,000 right there. Then I've seen preachers, because they get that offering, they won't give them an offering now because they invited them there because the church gave them one. And they'll take that offering that they were going to give them and they, and they, they start dividing things up. Amen. Listen, I'm just trying to tell you, consider the work of God. If you're going to invite in 20 preachers and you can't afford it, don't sit back and say, I'm going to have a meeting by faith and you can't afford it. I'd like God to give me $25,000 to have camp meeting. Amen. Invited in 10 preachers, 2500 bucks a piece. But wouldn't that be a good offering? Get 10 preachers in here with their families and have an old-time, old-fashioned meeting and say, fellas, y'all leave early. You're offering, you're not getting an offering. You're coming in from Sunday to Sunday, and we're going to have a time. We're going to enjoy God. And in the days, we're going to go work and try to get people in here, and let's just see what God will do. Amen. Might only do it one time. Wouldn't that be a blessing? It'd take twenty-five grand to get them guys in here and give them twenty-five hundred bucks expenses and then give them a good offer. Wouldn't it be good to do that for two weeks? 
Say, for two weeks, I'll give you 2500 bucks. We'll go witness and pray and so win and knock doors for a whole week. Amen. And then we'll preach, man. And we'll just, we'll just see sinners get saved left and right. How many of them do you think will show up that first week? To go soul winning and knocking on doors. You know what D.L. Moody used to do? He used to send in teams months ahead of time to go work the streets and the factories and witness and line up people and promote the meeting and people be praying months ahead of time before D.L. Moody ever walked in town. Amen. Churches used to have old-fashioned cottage prayer meetings. They knew revival was coming up. They'd meet and they'd have old-time praying. Now it's just donuts and then we pray for five minutes and fellowship for three hours. I'm just trying to tell you some truth about some facts. Listen, people don't consider the work of God. It takes something to get the work of God going. There are several preachers, amen, that are out raising money right now to help local struggling little churches. But you know what? They ain't beating down my door to come in here and park their trailer out here for two weeks and go door knocking. Amen. Consider the work of God. What's going on with the work of God? It takes a lot of money. And churches want to build big buildings and big gymnasiums and they think basketball hoop somehow is the will of God to get people saved. Jesus have a basketball hoop? Did they have a basketball hoop in the book of Acts, early part of Acts? Did they have a covered gymnasium with a snack bar? Hello? Amen. You know what they did? They fasted and prayed and witnessed and told people about God. You think you can get a group of men to go out and do something like that? Amen. Try it at your camp meeting. I've been at camp meetings. And ask them preachers. They go out and they go, come on, let's go door to door and try to build this meeting up. And a bunch of them preachers, they're not the ones showing up riding in the van. It's a bunch of visitors from out of town that'll go out and they'll go out in the vans and go door to door and pass out tracks and witness and do that stuff. But it usually ain't the preachers they're inviting in. they got to go back to the motel and get their mind to God. Well, don't you have enough sermons? Don't you have the mind of God? You just got to go lay on the bed, say you're praying as you're watching television news. Hello, as they're surfing the internet, talking on Facebook. I got to get along with God. They're surfing the net. Hello, amen. Where's a preacher willing to do some work? Put on his work boots. Come in, so let's go. Let's go beat the bushes, preacher. Let's go. Re let's go try to get him saved. Let's go tell him about. The revival. I'll come in two weeks early and we'll beat the bushes. And we'll just knock doors and we'll tell everybody. We'll just pass out flyers. We'll do whatever we got to do. You know how much money it costs to get about 10,000 flyers and tracts and things like that to go door to door and, and publish that thing? How many Baptist churches in town you think would get together and promote a revival for one another? How many Baptists in this town do you think we could set up Jason's Kendrick tent? Amen. And get under that tent. Say, bring all the sinners you can bring. We're going to pray months ahead of time, six months ahead of time. We're going to pray. We're going to meet. Let's just witness, 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 and get them in that place. Baptists are scared to death to have somebody come in and preach that's going to preach. They're afraid to face real preachers. Hello. You know what it costs to have a man come in and do that? Jason Kendrick to fire up two trucks to bring him over here to put that tent up to rent the property you got to put it up on you can't put it up out here it ain't big enough hey man that's a big tent you put up the whole tent put 1500 people under that Amen. Have every brother in, the, in town that's saved, born again, fasting and praying to bring sinners under that thing I'd love to send out a flyer you know what I'd like to say bring all the sinners you want Bring all the sinners you can fit in your vehicles. Preaching to be free. Amen. And uh, we're here to help you and serve you. You bring a sinner. You deal with a sinner. You take the sinner back home. You disciple the saved saint now. And you get him established in church. I don't want your people. Amen. I don't want their people, but I'd like to provide an opportunity to have an old-time, old-fashioned, flame-throwing preacher. I want to have a hell week. Navy SEALs got a hell week. I'd like to have a hell week. I'd like to start off with Don Hartman, amen, and Jason Kendrick. Hell week. One preach on hell and the other one preach on the cross. And do that for a whole week. Jason Kendrick get to preaching on hell so hot sometimes you can smell the smoke. Amen. Don Hartman gets saved people to doubt their salvation. 
Jason will put them in hell and sizzle them a while. <laughs> They're good at it. I like pro hardening. Amen. He said, if your profession of faith can't get your body into church, what makes you think it's going to get you to heaven? Right. Your little measly profession of faith can't get rid of that liquor bottle out of your mouth, what makes you think it's going to take you to heaven? If it can't get the bottle out of your mouth, how can it keep you out of hell? Amen. I appreciate men of God that look you right in the eyeballs like that. He said, hey, 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 look at me. Look at me right now. Look at me. You right here in this section. Look at me. I like a man of God to look right at the people. He said, what are you ducking, son? What are you ducking, girl? What are you trying to hide from, ma'am? He ain't afraid to do it, man. He ain't afraid to do it. I liked him. I'd love to have an old time meeting like that in Dayton. How about if we just use Fifth Third Stadium? What do you think they charge me for that? What do you think they charge me to rent another center for a week? Pack it out with 10,000 saints that's hungry for God and put some good preaching in there. I mean, get Dax Toby an hour or two, Alan. Huh? We'll just see if Dax can quote scripture for an hour. Huh? Wouldn't that be something? Hello? I'm talking about considering the work of God, paying the bills. Who's going to fund that thing? Well, we're just going to go by faith. You know what singers believe? Singers are smarter than preachers. They don't sing by faith. They say love offering will be taken at the door. <laughs> right? There's some of them right now. There's some of them right now that say we won't start our bus and go there unless we get five grand. You ever pay six miles a gallon to go somewhere? <laughs> Amen. They want to sing them all night, sing them all day, and travel them across the country. And then they don't pay their bills. And then they go home and they're broke and they got to put it on Visa. It would be a shame right now if we could, we could take every preacher in America outside of his carnal stupidity and, and just see what the Visa debt and MasterCard debt is for preachers in the ministry that go home underpaid. Especially independent Baptist preachers. Wouldn't that be something? Just I like to see the bill. Lord, I like to see that debt. Amen. Well, brother, we're just gonna have a meeting. We're just we're just gonna start it off by faith tonight and, and we're just gonna trust God. You know how many preachers have meetings like that and they have no money and they have no people to be able to afford how about if I just do that? We'll just trust God. Well, brother Jason, guess what? We got 50 bucks tonight, and uh, that's what you get for the week, bud. That's kind of stupidity, ain't it? That's presumption. Oh, I know. I'll call all these churches in the neighborhoods, and they'll come, and they'll fund my revival for me. That's really faith, ain't it? Huh? I'll just, I'll just send letters out to all the local churches, and they'll come and say, y'all bring a couple hundred bucks apiece and support my meeting so you can pay my bills for me. That's like going to Red Lobster, walking in, sitting down and eating. And then say, well, before I leave, I'm, I'm trusting God to pay for the meal. You'll be wearing an apron washing dishes before you leave there. Or you'll be leaving with silver bracelets. Huh? Try that with gas. Walk up Speedway down here and go pump it. Amen. And then just stand there and say, I'm just waiting for God to pay me. Pay it off. And just stand out there and see how long you're going to stand just by faith. But somehow we think Baptist Church is supposed to be run that way. Hello. It's expensive. You say, well, what are you doing if it costs money? We don't have, we don't have uh, circuit riding preachers that got a horse that can graze along the way. Amen. Preachers used to have a, a roll. They'd roll off the back of their horse and sleep on the ground. Yeah. Amen. I don't know too many circuit riding preachers are riding horses today. They got a lot of horsepower in their truck or the car but I don't know too many preachers amen and if you pull into a church today and you got a motorhome you're saving the church a thousand dollars motel bill that don't get reflected in your offering amen I'm telling you there's preachers some preachers are the crookedest guys in the world man and there's other preachers afraid somebody else is going to get something they don't got and they're jealous and as soon as you hear, you tell one preacher, oh man, I went to Highway Baptist Church, man, and they gave me a big offering. Guess what? Every preacher in the country knows about that. And guess what? They all want to show up here for a meeting because they're starved. They're living by faith, but they want to come, amen, and live off my faith for a while, for this week. <laughs> and they want to live off of your faith. And they're willing to drive far and wide because they heard Highway Baptist Bank is now opened up. 
Hello. Amen, amen, amen. And that's why a bunch of preachers are going out on deputation now. An evangelist, they're calling themselves missionary evangelists now so they can raise support. And there's a bunch of missionaries and or evangelists going out there trying to raise monthly support so they can pay for their house and their bills so they can become camp meeting junkies and live from table to table, from scrap to scrap. They'll put them up, they'll lodge them, they'll feed them, and they'll get a $200 check and they go on and all their expenses are paid because they already got it covered because they've been on deputation. Amen. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just trying to talk about the work of God. These people, they don't understand what it means to communicate, to give, to support the work of God. He said, no church communicated with me. You know what they got to be? They got to be spiritually educated. Somebody's got to be willing to stand up and be able to preach to them what it takes to give and go. Listen, not every church has got a guy that's making the bucks and when he does tithe. I mean, how many people do you know make 10 grand a week and drop a grand in the plate? Huh? How many people you know, amen, that make $100,000 six figures? They don't tithe here. They go build Presbyterian churches. Right? Amen. They, the lock doctors and lawyers and, and all the rich folks, amen, they go build these big Presbyterian churches and, and these huge, big, giant buildings. They put all their money in them plates. They don't like Baptist preachers because they tell it like it is. Very seldom you ever get a rich man want to come to a Baptist church and anchor up and then want to put fund in and carry his fair share. His fair share is more than the whole church. You understand? Right? If you got a guy making five hundred thousand dollars a year, join up your church. You know what? He's gonna be putting fifty grand a year in a plate if he believes in tithing, and then he'll probably be putting another fifty grand in because he believes in giving support missions. And he thinks he's doing great by putting a hundred grand in, twenty percent. But his twenty percent is carrying more than the whole church, yeah. and the whole church begins to wait on Mister Big Bucks to pay the bill. Yeah. That's not fair, is it? No. You know how many missionaries are supported overseas by widows? And, and people that are single and they're trying to and they're trying to scrape out a living and they scrape up an extra 25, 50 bucks above and beyond their tithes and offerings and support a missionary faithful. Yep. Amen. One of the best offerings I ever got. Brother Joel Wren gave me a good offer. But he called me and Miss Vicky and the kids just to come and stand in front of the church. And if you if you went down to Joel Wren's church, I don't know what it's today, it's basically it was a senior citizen church. He had ladies from 60 to 100 years old in there. A few men mingled in between there. And his daughter, Kristen, and Benjamin and Caitlin were, were the only children in church. And Brother Wren had me come down and stand down front. And one by one, them little old ladies would come up here with that gray wool hair. Hey, man, one of them 90 years old, just, just barely be able to get up there and grab me and kiss me on the cheeks and son, I love you, and stick something in my hand. Others were coming by, sticking it in my pockets. Hey, man. Them old women were giving out of their stash, their Social Security money, their welfare money, whatever's left over, giving me fives and tens and sticking them in my pocket so we could go on down the road and do something for God. You know what? That's how God funds His work today. My grandma would get her little check. She'd take stuff and stick it aside. Take stuff and stick it aside. Take stuff and stick it aside. Five here, ten there. Five here, ten there. And support missions. My grandma was always supporting missions off Social Security and welfare. Amen. She'd hear something. She'd, she'd call my Uncle Dwayne. She said, Dwayne, we got to do something for him. Come on, let's get some money together, Dwayne. And Grandma would skip meals and skip things and save on groceries and cut corners. Amen. So she could give to the work of God. That's the way the work of God's being funded today. And I'm not talking about abusing widows. And I'm not talking about abusing old ladies. Amen. Living on Social Security. I'm just saying they want to participate. And they wind up trying to do what they can do. And then there's people out there they can do. They got no problem going to Kmart over here and spending 59 bucks for for uh, uh, Xbox game, 79 bucks, whatever they cost. I walked in there and said, "How does anybody play these things?" Because I ain't buying. And they're buying them left and right. I mean, they got no problem. I mean, there's kids this year at Christmas time, man. They're going to have them games stuffed in there. There's going to be 500 dollars worth of games just stuffed in a in a stocking. But they can't give 25 bucks to a missionary. Huh? They can get iPads. They can get all that kind of stuff, man. Mom and Daddy got no problem, man. We'll just buy it for our kids. They just shell it out. Missionary con. 
Well, does he really believe like us? Well, I, I don't see what he's doing over there. He's, he's just probably ripping us all off. Well, okay, well. Somewhere you got to get by faith, don't you? Somewhere you got to believe a man of God's going to go do what he's supposed to do. And if you vet him and you examine him and you understand him, and good men are behind him and then you begin to support him, get behind him, guess what? They get something done for Jesus. Amen? Amen. No church. Well, listen, they got to be taught. Communication. Giving and receiving. I'm wasting all my time just running my mouth and we ain't even getting in there. Let's see what Paul said. Let's go to... Let's go to... Uh, we already hit 1 Corinthians 9. Let's just hit it one more time. 1 Corinthians 9. And take care of the man of God. You take care of your preacher. Ruckman said this. He said, if, he said, if you feed your sheep, they'll feed you. Praise God. Amen. I have ate good. The saints of God have fed me good. Amen. Some of them old ladies... All they get for is a cup of coffee and a slice of pie. Praise God. That was good. They, they, they invested in this preacher. Like I told you about Miss Miles the other day, all she can do is give a pack of juicy fruit. Amen. Verse 9. For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox, or shall not muzzle the ox. Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen? Or saith he altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt it is written. For he that plows should plow in hope. He that uh, threshes, threshes in hope, be partakers of hope. If I have sown on you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your what? Carnal things. If others be partakers of his power over you, are we not rather? Nevertheless, we have not used his power, but suffer all things, lest uh, we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Do that, you know, they which minister of the holy things live of the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers of the altar. Even so hath God ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Listen, they're going to get financial support somehow. Where are they going to get it from? If the people of God don't support their preacher, guess what? He's going to have to go work, ain't he? Let's go to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter number 15. Amen. Take care of your preacher. 1 Corinthians 9. Amen. And now we're in Romans 15. You're supposed to take care of your preacher. You're supposed to take care of your preacher. You say, well, your church can't do it. You're right. We're different. I started a church. There wasn't a group of people gathered around saying, we want a preacher to come. We'll take care of you. I believe God wanted me to start a church, so this is just part of the cross you got to carry, right? you got to work a job, and if it ever gets there, it gets there. Amen. I was already supporting missionaries by myself on my own. Amen. Through a local church. You know what happened when I left Charity Baptist Church? I didn't know where to go as a pastor. All I know is God told me to leave. He said, what would you do? I took my tithes and offerings and sent them to Tom Combs down in Kentucky. He was trying to start a church in Campton, Kentucky. So I took my 10%. Amen. And I sent it to him and sent it to him and sent it to him until I found out who my next pastor would be. And then it turned out to be Craig Lovell. And I wrote Tom Combs, said, I got to quit doing that. I'm going to put my money. And I put my money in over there under Liberty Baptist Church until God told me to start this. When God told me to start this, I've been putting the offering in there to support the work of God. And I know preachers and churches that don't, like Ron Henson. I support Ron Henson. He was trying to start a church in Pennsylvania or Indiana. Uh, there's churches and pastors that say, you got to send your tithe to your home church. I said, Ron, that's stupid. You put it in your box over there and you help pay your expenses and bills over there. Highway Baptist Church ain't trying to get some missionary to join his church so he can put tithes in my box. You use that money over there. Amen? Amen. There's a lot of preachers that have a problem with that too. But that's good. I'll, I'll stand before God with that conviction. Amen? Amen. And now if you're a missionary in Kenya and all that other kind of stuff, amen, and I know like men that go out for word for the world, uh, they take their tithe out down there and then they send it to their local churches and then they turn around and send them the rest of their support. That's the way they work it. That's their business, amen. If that's the way word for the world wants to work it, there's mission boards out there to take five bucks out of each missionary to help pay for expenses. There's others like uh, the, the IBF, whatever it is, not IBMA, but it's whatever the mission board is over there in the Philippines. The one Filipino guy told me that the mission board takes out 20%. That's why I will not support that mission board. 
Amen. I'll support them guys directly and I'll ship it to them directly. I ain't having no missionary. And the church that they're going out of over there, they're building, trying to build a huge giant house church and ministry and everything. And they're having missionaries go all over the country in the United States to raise support for their support over there. And then they're skimming 20% off top of them. So they can build their work. That's stealing. That's crooked. Amen. That's why I will not support Keyson and his work. Amen. Romans 15. Verse 24, whenever I take my journey where? Into Spain, I will come unto you, for I trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my way thitherward. That's a beautiful word. Uh, by you, if first I be somewhat filled with your company. But now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints, for it has pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. They're supporting who? It's real important. This is New Testament giving. Who are they supporting? Who's the contribution made for? Poor who? Saints. It's not just a bunch of lost people out here pandering for your money so they can go get liquor and get crack. These are saints. Other churches are raising money to help a church in Jerusalem to help its members because they're so poor they can't even feed themselves. Hello? Amen, 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 amen. Listen, I'm, I'm not against, amen, helping folks. You understand? But if they can't work, that's one thing. If they can work, that's another. If any man will not work, neither should he. Eat. Eat. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, I'm not against turning on somebody's light bill, like I said the other day. But I think I ought to take your 52-inch color TV out of there and hold it for collateral until you can pay your light bill. Hello. <laughs> they can afford their phone. They can afford their cable. Don't cut off my cable. But we can't eat. Amen. Listen, I've seen them turn all kinds of tricks. Listen, there's poor saints. And I got no problem helping out a poor saint, a brother that's had hard luck, fell on hard times. Amen. Amen. I, I got no problem helping somebody that's had a hard time. That's genuine. And some preacher had asked me to come and help him support some of his people. I got no problem with that. If somebody writes me a letter and says, hey, Brother Hood's gone now. But if they would have said, Brother Hood, uh, we got to pay his rent. You know, he's been sick and in and out of the hospital and we're asking some churches to help pay Brother Hood's bills. Hey, no problem. I'd tell Miss Parks she'd go borrow some money if we had to do to help Brother Jimmy Hood. He's been out there helping people. You understand? He's gone. Amen. Brother Lovell got sick and he got down. He's in the hospital 88 days. He didn't come out. But I guarantee you we would have helped pay them bills. I was out there mowing his grass, doing whatever I got to do. Sugi was working. Amen. Hello. Yep. Hello. We helped Danny Hall I don't know how many times. Right. And people helped Danny Hall. And sent money to Tom Combs. We'd help Tom Combs and do things. Took him on support down there in Kentucky. Amen. And having to dwell down there and hardly getting any money out of Kentucky. Yeah, I got no problem helping poor saints. Amen. Amen. I ain't getting a whole lot of support on that one. Amen. Maybe we ought to preach on supporting your preacher with amens. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Let's go to. Let's go to. Ephesians chapter 4. We're just talking about helping poor saints. We're just talking about doing what we can do to help people. Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter number 4. One of the greatest passages on brand new Christians on what they ought to do. Amen. Put off the old man, put on the new, right? Uh, he says, be angry and what? Well, verse 25. Wherefore, put away what? Lying. Tell the truth. Right? Speak, speak every man truth with his neighbor. We're members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. You get mad at somebody, get angry, throw a fit. Get it right! Amen. Neither give place to the devil. Don't give him a chance. Amen. Stay out of the bar. Stay out of the porn places. Stay out of... All those places. You understand? Don't run with guys who are going to drink and smoke and party. Amen. Amen. Verse 28. Let him that stole steal no more. A thief. But rather let him what? Labor. Get a job. Work hard. Sweat. 
Work too. Sure. Do what you got to do to pay your bills. Amen. Amen. Downsize. Sell. Hello. Amen. Danny Farley preaches and teaches on money. You know what he had to do? He had to turn around and start selling things. Amen. Why? To pay bills. He finally had to get to a place where he had to write some missionaries. And guess what? Everything's slow. It's tough. I got to uh, drop support for a little bit or cut back support because uh, the money's ain't coming in. You got to do what you got to do. And then there's, there's training men to go out there and work more. Amen. Amen. People want to sit back and work 30 hours a week and, and uh, live high on the hog, but they don't want to take care of the work of God. This ain't just the work of God. Let him that stole sin no more, yea, rather, let him labor working with his hands. The thing which is good. Amen? The thing which is good. What's good? In the context, what's good? Sweat. <laughs> Amen? Blisters. Calluses. Hello! Hard work! Yeah. Make an honest buck. Get rid of the five-finger discounts. Hello? Yeah. Learn to work that which is good to the use of... Well, I'm skip the verse. Yeah. Amen. Working the thing which is good that he may have to what? Give to him that needeth. You want to see something good? Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 4. 1 Thessalonians 4. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 4. You know what God expects? God expects you to quit stealing. Amen? Man, I, I'm running the well dry tonight. Verse 11. That you study to be quiet. That'll work. To do your own business. Amen? And to work with your own hands as we commanded you. It's a command by Paul to work with your own hands. Verse 12, that you may walk honestly toward them that are without and that you may have lack of what? Nothing. You want to get to the place where you lack nothing? Get out there and work. And then labor to where you get enough extra money that you can have something to give to the poor. Give somebody at half need. Ain't that what he said? That ain't just counting the current expenses. That ain't just counting talking to paying, paying your preacher or supporting a missionary. That's having something left over to help somebody that's less fortunate than you, that's struggling, that needs something. You can reach down your wallet, amen, and hand them out something. Feed them a meal. Buy them a night in a motel. Do what you got to do. Maybe buy somebody a set of tires. Amen. Do you ever look at that? you ever look at the need? I'll never forget Mike Hornstein. I was up at David Cottrell's preaching, and uh, Mike Hornstein pulled up there, and he turned his van in, and, and that wheel sticking out there. And I looked. I said, "Hey, brother Cottrell, see that right there?" I said, "What?" I said, "Them things you can see air in them tires." <laughs> hey man, guess what? I had, I pulled out my wallet and gave him money, and, and brother Cottrell and the church bought him a wind up buying him a set of tires before he left Pennsylvania. You know what you do? You see a need, you do something about it. Brother Cliff Taylor wound up taking over that church and, and he was up there and he hurt his back. I can't remember if that's when he fell in Bruce's house or not, fell from the roof. But he was up there trying to help Bruce and he fell. Amen. He fell 15 feet or so into Bruce's house. He's laid up. Amen. They come in here. You ought to have seen the little church. I mean, it's about as big as this right here. And uh, Brother Taylor's laying over there in a, in, a, in a lazy boy. Not a lazy boy, but one of them reclining lawn chairs. He just, he just laid out. That's all he could do. So here's this preacher out here sunning himself while I'm preaching. Amen. Amen. And God told me to start an offer, and I pulled out an offer in 200 bucks. And I said, I'm going to start an offer tonight. We need to help this preacher right here. Here's $200. Gave it to that preacher. He said, why are you doing that? I have to give to him that needeth. He needed it. Watch that preacher just a weeping and crying. Amen. You do that multiple times. Just, have, just give, 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 give. God will bless. Can I give you one? I, uh, one night I went. We were heading out to to a meeting, and we was up at Jimmy Hood's, and and uh, we was over there. I preached for him, and uh, there's a young man. They talked, and they had a little party after church, and he's going down to PBI start start to go to Bible college, Bible school. I'm sorry, Doctor Rutland, for going to the college, a Bible institute. Just go study the Bible, and he went down there and, and uh, to go to go to the institute, and uh, I had a hundred dollar bill on me, and God told me to give that young man a hundred dollar bill. And I gave him that $100 bill, and I got in the car and told her, I said, hey, guess what? I said, what? I, said, I gave away a $100 bill. And somebody, I think, gave us the money so we can go on a trip, and I gave the $100 bill to that young man. 
Well, we go to this meeting, and I they're taking up an offering, and God tells me to put another. Uh, no, somebody gave me a hundred dollar bill, and I said, "Look at that! Look what God did! God gave me a hundred dollar bill." And then they're taking up an offering. God said, "Put that in the offering plate." So I put that hundred dollar bill in the offering plate. And up walks this other preacher, never met him before. He walks up and he says, "He said, brother, I said, I just feel let God do this for you." And he walked up and gave me a hundred dollar bill. Amen. And then now they're taking up money for a missionary, a Mexican missionary that needs help, needs siding, needs roof, all that. And I said. There was a $100 bill, so I put the $100 bill on it. Guess what? Somebody else came up and gave me a $100 bill. And I turned around and I gave that $100 bill away. And before I left, I wound up giving away, that was five $100 bills. Six. I gave six $100 bills. And so we're leaving. Everybody's gone from the meeting. I done gave away $600, six $100 bills. I gave away one and give them back. I gave away one, give them back. Gave one, give them back. And I go out and I meet this preacher in the parking lot. We're leaving. And uh, he said, where are you heading? I said, well, we're heading back to the motel. Babies are small. They need to get a nap and everything. He said, well, brother, God just wants me to give you something on the way out here. And it was a $100 bill. <laughs> and so on the way back to the motel, she goes, you think maybe we ought to keep this one? <laughs> Amen. I mean, we just seen God do stuff like that. And then one brother goes, just think how much you would have had if you just kept them all. I don't know. I don't believe I would have got them if I wouldn't have been sowing them. I just think God's into that stuff. You know, God gives you something and you have need. And you go, well, I, I, all I want to do is save it for a pistol or a shotgun or save it for something for me. And God turns around and just put it in missions. Help the man of God out. Amen. You just never know when you're going to need it. You just never know when you're going to have to give it away. Amen. Brother Eastep always said this, and I believe him. God will give more through you than he will to you. And uh, so I believe in giving. Now look at what it says. He says that you might have what? Have lack of nothing. I believe that. I, I believe. I'm not lacking. Am I lacking anything tonight, Mom? Between years. No. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> First Timothy. First Timothy chapter number 5. 1 Timothy verse 1, 1 Timothy 5, 1. Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, and the younger as sisters, with all purity. Honor widows that are indeed. You know what honor is there? We're dealing with monetary support. But if any widow have children or nephews, let them learn first to show piety at home, and requit their parents, for it is good and acceptable before God. He says, you know what? If she's got children, she's got nephews and all that, let them take care of her at house. But now we've got nursing homes, don't we? We got all kinds of insurances and Medicaid and Medicare and we got Obamacare and we got all kinds of things. So the church no longer has to help its widows and the family no longer has to help the widows and they can go out and buy all the junk they want, and run up their credit cards and their debit cards and all that other kind of stuff, and they don't have to help nobody. Amen. Man, running low on amens. Amen. But honor her. Look at what it says. Now she that is a widow indeed and desolate. Trusteth in God, continuous supplications and prayers, how long? Night and day. If she have lived in pleasure, she is dead while she liveth. These things give charge that they may be blameless. But if any provide not for his own, especially they of his own house, amen, he is denied the face worse than an infidel. He's talking about support and financially meeting their needs. Amen. Let not a widow be taken into number under three score and what? years old. So if there's a widow, she's 30 years old, guess what? What's it saying there? Let's take one after 60. Yeah. But if there's a lady in our church and her husband dies, we're going to help her out. Amen? Somebody say, well, that's unscriptural. Well, if she's got ability to have family, social security, and do all that stuff, but you think I'm just going to let her hang because she's 30 years old? Hello, I understand she can get a job, but if she needs a little help, she needs a little bit, I'm going to help somebody out. Amen. Amen. I'm not talking about monthly put, as taking them on as a missionary and supporting them the rest of their life. You understand? Yeah. Amen. Look at what it says. Three score years old, having been the wife of one man, well reported up for good works. If she had brought up children, if she had lodged strangers, if she has washed the saints' of feet, seat, feet's Wash the saints' feet. If she ever leave the afflicted, if she have diligently followed the good work. Now listen, washing saints' feet, there's not talking about a foot washing in a service, in a church service. It's talking about, does she take care of people when they show up at her house and wash her feet? 
Is she hospitable when they show up? Because right. she won't be hospitable and do the basic common courtesies to somebody when they show up and got no hospitality. Don't help her. Right. Is what he's saying. You understand? Yep. Amen. How many people you know running around sandals in the customs of wash people's feet going into houses in America? It's not an American custom. You understand? Amen. If she is relieved, afflicted, if she has diligently followed every good work, but the younger widows refuse, for they have begun to waxen against Christ and will marry. Listen, it's talking about support like they're living and dependent on the church to, to live. I'm not saying not to help her get some, an offering or a meal or some food to be able to help her get to where she can get on her feet. You understand? This is where, well, the church is supporting me, so I'm just going to live any way I want to live. And you know what? I'm just going to party, and I'm going to be a busybody. I'm just going to run my mouth. Why? Because the church foots my bills, and I'm just going to have a party and a good old time. That's what God's worried about. But if somebody, listen, we know of a lady, that, uh, and she was in a church, and, uh, and her husband's walking across the floor, 26 years old with four children, fell dead of a heart attack right there in the church. Wow. And her husband... Amen. He retired from the military. He didn't get insurance. Five days, he let that thing lapse. No help. Yes, that young girl can wind up going to live with mom and daddy and whatever she's got. I don't know. I'm just saying there may come a circumstance where you may have to do a little bit. But that ain't talking about this situation. Because if you give a girl an offering and you help her pay her lights and do that till she gets established or pay auto insurance or help her get a gas card, amen, you know what you're talking about? You're talking about helping somebody in a crisis. This is talking about letting a girl live off the dump, off the roll and then living and wanting like a whore. Amen. Amen. He said, I disagree with that. Don't put your money in the plate. Amen. I'll help her. You say, well, you'll be in trouble with God. Good. I'll take it up with them. Amen. Having damnation because they have cast off their what? First faith. Wherewithal they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house. Not only idle, but tattlers. See there? You're trying to prevent them from going into sin. Right. Amen. Amen. Listen, get her a job. You say what? Take in laundry, iron, do something. Help her out. Right? They used to do that kind of stuff. Right? They'd send their kids out to go milk cows, bale hay, do whatever they had to do. Amen. Listen, you're in danger just handing money out all the time. Make somebody work for it. Make somebody earn it. Give them a job. Hello? Busybody speaking things where they ought not. I will therefore that younger women marry, bear children, guide the house. Didn't say run the house. It was a guide it. Give none occasion to the adversary to speak appropriately. For some are already turned aside after Satan. If any man or woman teach, or any man or woman that believeth have widows, let them relieve them, and let not the church be charged. Amen. Hello? Amen. People need to step up and help. If it's a family, they need to help. Amen. Right? Amen. That's where a family's supposed to man up. Right. Daddies go, well, I sent her out. It's tough luck. She just needs to do what she needs to do. Somebody needs to go thump that thug in the head. Amen? Amen? Yep. Right? Listen, if she's a good woman, she's doing right, she's in church. Hello? Any mom and daddy ought to take them in. Now, if they've already been disowned by the Catholic parents and done kicked out, the one nothing to do with them. Amen? They ain't got nobody to back them up. You understand? Right. Listen, I'm, I, I know people that's opened up their houses, had an extra house and things, and they let saints move in there and they abuse them and you can't ever get them to move out. They never pay their bills. They run up DP&L bills and all that stuff. And then they trash the place and here's a good brother or sister trying to open up to a preacher and his wife and other people and they trash it. Yep. I'm against that. I'm against Christian welfare. But man, somebody needs some help. I think we're supposed to help. I think, God, you know what's missing from all my conversation tonight? discernment. People need discernment. People need to discern from God when it's right to give and not to give. Right. Yeah. Amen? you got to use wisdom. you got to use judgment. you got to be praying. Amen? Because listen, people's going to try to milk you and take everything you've got. They try to prey on Christian uh, compassion. Right. Well, you're Christians. You're supposed to give. Yeah? And you're a filthy sinner and you're not supposed to take. <laughs> Hello? 
Amen. Get them mad. Get them good and mad. Amen. Ask them, see, do you tithe? You go to church? Are you saved? I'll tell you one thing, buddy. Don't come down here and pray a prayer and ask Jesus to forgive you and go through the motions so you can get my wallet. You hypocrite, you'll burn in the, high, you'll burn in the lowest hell. Amen. Put it on them. Scare them to death. I'll never forget when he was downtown. A man said he needed some money on bus fare. Mitch Mankin told me, he says, you going to use this money for booze? No, sir. Ain't going to use it for booze. He said, well, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray God put a knot on your head if you take this money and use it for booze. He, Mitch gave him a little bit of money. And he said, Father, I pray you bless. God, if this man uses money for booze, I pray you put a knot on his head. Amen. Went on down the road. Next week, me and Mitch are going down the street to go pass out tracks. And that guy, he looks up. He's got stitches right across the center of his forehead. And he, he looked up, seen me and Mitch, and he took off. <laughs> you know what God did? God put a knot on his head just like Mitch prayed. You know why? He lied about the money he's using. Amen. Hello. Amen. Breaking my microphone. Amen. That it may relieve them that are widows. Verse 17. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in word and doctrine. For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the labor is worthy of his reward. Amen. That's talking about monetary support again for the preacher. Amen. And he's worth what? Double honor. Honor there again. Honor the Lord with thy substance. Dealing with support. Monetary support. Amen. He's worthy of what? Double honor. You know what us men of Charity Baptist Church at the time when I was there, we tried to do for Pastor Step. We wanted so bad to turn around and give him double salary. You know why? I believe he's the greatest Bible teacher outside Dr. Rupp. And you know what? We wanted to see that he got double honor. Ain't no problem raising money to support the man of God to sit home, study that book, and feed his filet mignon from the Word of God. Got no problem taking care of the man of God that wants to feed us. Amen. I had no problem giving the money, doing whatever. And I, I think the church still supports them. I don't know what they do. I haven't been there in years. But I know one thing. They love that preacher that fed them, taught them, brought them food spiritually. Amen. I got no problem with men that want to sit around and study that book and give you something. Amen. 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 You got to you got to be able to help take care of the man of God, and I I believe he's worth double. Hey, you want to you want to find out how how much you ought to pay a preacher? Hey, you got a church of fifty, a hundred. You know how you ought to figure out how much to pay a preacher? How much do you pay a preacher? What's a preacher worth? All he does is just scream at you four hours a week. Some preachers don't even do that anymore. Some preachers do it twice a week. Expect a full time salary. Hello. So here's a good average. Say we have 50 families in here. Find out what the average salary is everybody in there. And then double it. Double honor. <laughs> you say you're crazy. No, but you ought to at least give them the average. Right? If the average salary in the church is $35,000, don't you think they ought to try to at least give that? If the average church in the, the average salary in the church is everybody's six fingers and giving 100000 don't you think they ought to give the preacher 100000 Right? I think the church ought to do something to help the preacher out. He said, I can't believe you're saying that. Listen, the average salary figured out. You're going to have some people making minimum wage. You're going to have some people making six figures. Figure it all out. Balance it all out. And then decide what you... I mean, that's a good place to start. Right. And then every year, they always evaluated the preacher's salary over there. And we gave them bonuses. We gave Gresham bonuses. One year, they gave Gresham, what, $50,000 bonus? Yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not against that. I'm happy for them that the church can be that well off and have that kind of money and want to raise something to help a preacher out. Help a preacher out. You understand? It's not a crime for a preacher to have money. It's a crime for money to have a preacher. Right. Amen? It's not a crime for a Christian to have money. It's a crime for money to have a Christian. Right? The things of this world. God's blessed some people with things. Hello? Yeah. Amen. So how much you make from your church? Zero. Amen. And we're going to raise my salary again this year. 100%. Amen. Amen. Hello, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I ain't got time for this, man. I ain't got time for 2 Corinthians 9. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. We'll maybe cover it again. I just got too sidetracked. 
chapters 8 and 9. That's, that's the key to New Testament Christianity. It's called grace. He said, see that you abound in this grace also. You know what it takes? It takes the grace of God to be able to give. You know what they did? They gave beyond their power. Out of the deep trial of affliction and their deep poverty, they wound up giving. And Paul said there must be first a willing mind. They had a willing mind and a willing heart. And they gave themselves to the Lord first. Then they said, you know what? Though we're in a deep valley and a deep trial, Paul, we want to send and help out the work of God somewhere else. And they gave Paul money to carry to work somewhere else. Amen. Listen, people can support who they want to support. Amen. I helped send over 100 semis, pack them and load them to send to the Philippines to give them literature because they need Bibles. That's what I heard. They need Bibles. They can't afford Bibles. They're poor. They can't afford Bibles. I have a Bible at my house from the Philippines. I paid two bucks for it. I went into a Christian bookstore in the Philippines and bought me a $2 Bible. And I said, what do you mean you guys can't buy this? What do you mean you got to send to America to turn around to send you money and send you containers full of Bibles and all this other stuff. And you say, you can't walk into the store and buy a $2 Bible? And I said, I'm in your house and I see two television sets and video recorders and cell phones and you guys are driving vehicles and doing all this other stuff and you cannot buy a $2 Bible and give it to one of your converts? You guys got your priorities all messed up. There's eight or nine, ten preachers that hit the altar that night, and they was hit the altar, and one of them went home and sold one of his television sets. He had two television sets. I said, I'm not against you having a TV, but don't tell me you can't afford to give a saint a Bible when you can afford all the luxuries of life. Don't come over here, con, and give us a, a, a tear and jerker uh, and cry, I can't afford them. I can't get Bibles. And you guys are living it up, hamming it up? I said, that's a con game, man. I said, I done, I done busted you. Amen. They couldn't believe I was saying that. Listen, I said, you're crying over here to America. We need money for Bibles. Amen. Take 20 bucks. Go buy 10 of them. You're getting missionary money from America. Go buy 10 Bibles. Go to the bookstore. Get 10 Bibles and pass them out to your new converts. Next month comes in. Get $10, $20. Go buy more. All those preachers could go to that bookstore and buy a few Bibles. You know what Mike Thomas said about the whole situation? He said, they got a racket going. I said, after I got back, I think they do. <laughs> hey, man, I better, I better end there.